Today we're continuing our series looking at James in the Bible, and I think that James is so important for you and I to be studying today because it reveals to us what our commitment to Jesus should really look like. Now, for those of you that don't know me, I actually grew up as an atheist. I wanted nothing to do with God. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with his teaching, nothing to do with his church. Uh, I was more interested in what James would call friendship with the world. I wanted to do what other people did. I wanted to believe what other people believed. I wanted to support the same things that other people supported. I wanted to be popular, and I wanted to fit in. But then I ended up transferring to Fredonia for the last couple years of my undergrad, and I started studying philosophy and world religions, and I came to this belief that the Christian faith was real. So God did this really cool thing through me where he drew me close to him through my mind, but then after that he drew me even closer to him through my heart because he got me to attend this really cool church out of Fredonia called Pillar of Fire Fellowship. I ended up going to Pillar of Fire during my college years with a few other students from Fredonia. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but this was actually a recovery church. So there were a lot of people there who had struggled with addiction in their past, but were leaving it behind them to seek God. You could say that they were the opposite of me growing up. They wanted nothing to do with the world anymore, but they wanted to seek friendship with God instead. And that was kind of confusing to me at the time. But in preparing this message for this morning and thinking about the past experiences that I had with these wonderful men and women at this church who set a great example for me in the faith and what commitment looks like, I realized that what they taught me and what James 4 taught me is the exact same thing. And it's this, that you can be a friend of God, you can be a friend of the world, but you can't be a friend of both. So this is the part where I'm going to invite you to turn to James chapter 4, whether that's in a physical Bible or it's on your phone. If you don't have either of those things, you can follow along with me uh, in the slides behind me. Um, but while you're getting there, I want to give you some context for James, because what's really cool about the Bible is that it isn't just a spiritual book, it's a history book. So we know that James was written anytime between 55 and 62 AD by James, the brother of Jesus. And he was probably or most likely writing to Jewish Christians at the time. And thanks to writings by people like Hegesippus, we know that James was a committed Jew. He actually reports that James was entering the holy place to offer sacrifices for sins of the people. Thanks to the Bible, we know that James didn't believe in his brother Jesus during his earthly ministry. He wanted nothing to do with him. But after he was crucified and he rose from the dead, the Bible reports that James converted to Christianity and became a leader of the Jerusalem church. And thanks to writings from Josephus, Clement, and Hegesippus, we know that James actually went on to die for the faith as a martyr. So as we read through this chapter together, I want you to keep in mind that our author was a guy who wanted nothing to do with God, nothing to do with Jesus. But then he went to being so connected to Jesus that he was willing to die a painful death for his belief in him. So let's start reading from James chapter 4, from the first verse. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? 
Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That's why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So James is not trying to be nice to these Christians. He's trying to be honest with them. And part of that honesty means telling them that the evil and the bad things that are happening in their community are because of the evil desires that are in their heart. James is saying that it's their heart problem that's causing fights, division, murder, slander, judgment, boasting, greed, and coveting. And he also says that this isn't an accident. He's saying that this is a lifestyle that they're choosing. They are choosing to act on the worst parts of themselves to get what it is that they want. That's what, James mean, that's what James means by friendship with the world. It means acting on our evil desires, choosing to do that. But even in the evil that's been done and the troubles that have been caused in their community, even in God's great jealousy for them, he reminds them that God gives them way more grace, that he is gracious with them and merciful through them with their mistakes and their failures and the evils that they've done. And he's mentioning this to them because he's urging them to make the right choice, to turn back from their friendship of the world to friendship with God. And James says that turning back to friendship with God means that we humble ourselves in view of his grace and mercy. It means that we admit that we don't really know what we're doing and that we've done wrong, that we've chosen evil, and that we commit to stopping that behavior. Because friendship with God isn't being said by James to be just saying the right things. Friendship with God is commitment to ending our friendship with the world. It means that we stop killing. It means that we stop murdering, hating, judging, boasting, slandering, coveting, and our greed. It means stopping our arrogant and evil behaviors. And I think the reason that James sounds so harsh as he writes this chapter is because of his Christian audience. These are people that should know better these are people that understand what God wants of them, what God expects of them, but they're choosing to ignore it. And as James says in the last verse of the scripture, if we know what's good for us and we aren't doing it, that's sin. He's being harsh because being double-minded is dangerous. Can you be in the light and the darkness? Can you be arrogant and humble? Can you seek God and not seek God? No, we have to pick an option. And James wants them to choose. 
We can be a friend of the world, we can be a friend of God, but we can't be a friend of both. And I hate to tell you, but James isn't the only one in the Bible that gives teachings like this. So here's a list of similar teachings from throughout the scriptures. First is Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Matthew 12, verse 30. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Romans 6 Verses 15 through 16. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? 1 John 2.15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Romans 8.13 For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. And I could keep going and keep going, but if I did that, we would probably be here until the start of the Bills' regular season, and I don't want to keep you here for that long. But now we have to fast forward from 55 AD to 2022, to you and me in this room right now. What does this teaching have to do with us? Is it still relevant? It has everything to do with us. Because like the Christians that James was writing to, you and I have to constantly check our behaviors to make sure that they're consistent with God's character. Like the Christians that James is writing to, you and I have a choice to make every single day in following Jesus. Are we going to be God's friend or are we going to be the world's friend? Because we can't be both. But what does choosing friendship with the world even mean today? Well, here's a list of ways that that can happen, and this comes from James and um, other biblical teachings that I've mentioned. Being a friend of the world today could mean focusing on your plans, that your priority in life is to make a lot of money, or to build a big career, or a cozy retirement. Being a friend of the world today could mean just wanting to be popular, wanting to be liked by other, people's, other people, even if it means that you have to deny the words of Jesus and his teachings to get that popularity. Being a friend of the world today could mean hating anyone for any reason, whether it's their appearance, their beliefs, their politics. It could also be judging someone because of their past mistakes or failures. Being a friend of the world today could be turning to anything that isn't God. When trouble comes our way, we always turn to something, but what is it? Do we turn to God or we turn to something else? The friend of the world turns to pleasure for comfort. Some people drink their problems away, even if it isn't in excess. Some people struggle with addiction. People turn to pleasures for comfort rather than God. This is all saying that friendship with the world today means the exact same thing as it did when James wrote this letter. It means choosing arrogance. It means going after what you want instead of seeking what you need. The friend of the world today says, I have the answers, the plans, and the ways to get whatever I want in life. But do we? Have we ever failed? I have. Okay, now the flip side of that coin. What does choosing to be a friend of God mean today? Well, I want to use that same list of examples and turn it on its head. When it comes to planning, 
you actually invite God in on the planning process because you trust him as the one who gives you life and who provides for you. Being a friend of God means that you understand that he's going to provide for you when you seek his kingdom first before anything else. And that teaching comes from Matthew 6.33. Being a friend of God today means that we don't put on a show for other people for them to like us better. We don't act certain ways around certain people just to be popular because we know that being popular doesn't always mean that we're right. We don't ever deny the words of Jesus or his teaching in front of others, even if it means we're going to be uncomfortable because of it. Being a friend of God today means that we avoid judging, condemning, and hating others because of their beliefs, their politics, their mistakes, their failures. Because you know that Jesus says that hating someone is like murder. And that judging someone without fixing yourself up first is hypocritical. Being a friend of God today means that you turn to God when you're in trouble. Even if it means you give up something pleasurable in that process. You find your rest in God. Choosing friendship with God today means the exact same thing as it did when James wrote this letter. It means choosing humility. The friend of God says, I can't do life without help. And I know that the best help comes from God. But now the most important question. Why would you want to be God's friend? That first list, a nice career and money and popularity and pleasure, seems a lot more tempting to me. Why wouldn't we just do that and live life the way that other people do? Well, there are two reasons. One, why you'd want to be a friend of God is that friendship with the world is actually exhausting. The darkness of the world overpromises and it underdelivers. Guys, building a huge career or a nice retirement and all that can be rewarding, but it could mean that in that process your relationships with other people suffer. And I hate to break it to you, but your money could be lost, the stock market could crash, accidents could happen that could drain you of your resources. It feels awful when we have to put on a show for other people, when we try to be popular, when we try to be liked by people. Why do we do that? Because we know that people are broken. They break our trust. They break our hearts. People aren't perfect. Why are we trying to get their attention? Guys, hating, condemning, judging others, it can make you feel important. It can make you feel better. But when you do this, you actually push people away from you. You end up living a lonely life without friends a cold life. And when you turn to pleasure, when trouble comes your way, I hate to tell you, but it's only going to leave you more broken than when you started. The buzz of alcohol is going to wear off. The party ends. The entertainment that we go after is eventually going to become boring to us. The fake feelings of happiness that we get from pleasure are temporary. Reason two why you'd want to be a friend of God today. The exact opposite of everything I just mentioned. Friendship with God is rewarding because your success is not built on what you can do, your great career or your retirement or how much money you can make. Your success is built on what God has already done for you. Friendship with God is rewarding today because you know that even if the world doesn't always like you, you're always going to be loved by God. He's always going to have your back. Being a friend of God today is rewarding because when you're inviting, welcoming, and loving rather than being hateful, judging, or condemning, you actually attract new relationships to you. You make new friends in God's church. And being a friend of God is rewarding today because we have joy over pleasure. We have something much better than what the world can offer us. We have a feeling that never ends. 
It's contentment. Pleasure is temporary, but joy is forever. So this morning, which friend are you more like? Are you more like a friend of the world or a friend of God? Now, if you're anything like me, when you read through the book of James, it kind of kicks you in the butt. And you sit there and you think, man, there's a lot of things I need to be doing in my relationship with Jesus that just need to be better. I just need to be better. How can I be better? Maybe you're like that this morning. If you are, I'm actually here to tell you that that's a good thing. Because that's the mindset that James wants you to have. He wants you to be humble. He wants you to understand that you don't have it figured out. That you've done wrong. If this scripture is kicking your butt, it probably means you're a friend of God, not a friend of the world. The problems that came up in James's Christian community that he was writing to was that they were willing to do whatever it took to get what they wanted. But today, God is telling you to put your trust in him so that he can give you what you need. But of course, all of my words this morning have been directed to Christians. Are you a Christian? Do you know what that means? If you're a Christian, if you're someone who's been forgiven by the cross of Jesus through the waters of baptism, I want you to remember James's words for you today, that he gives us more grace. It's his grace that allows us to seek friendship with him. We don't have a leg to stand on before him. Don't beat yourself up. Stay humble. Continue to get rid of the things that don't honor him. But if you're outside of Christ this morning, I'm begging you, talk to me, talk to Mike, talk to Jordan about what it means to become a Christian. Rather than using too much time here, I'd rather just give you the short summary from Jesus at the end of Mark's Gospel. All who believe and are baptized will be saved. I'd like to pray as I close. Father, thank you for the writing of James. Father, we know that sometimes it can be harsh, but it's for our good. You pray wanting full commitment from us, even if it means that we have to turn away from the things of the world. Father, I pray that the people today who are challenged by this scripture would understand that being challenged by it is a good thing. It shows that they're humble. I pray, Father, that they would continue to seek friendship with you and not friendship with the world, because friendship with you is rewarding. Friendship with the world is not. It's darkness. I pray, Father, that as we leave here today, we would make the right choice every day to put our trust in you and to get what we need rather than going after what we want. I pray this in Jesus' name, by the power of your spirit. Amen.